Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Almost live from the trenches of New York City, here are your middle aged warriors, Chris Samino and Rick Summers. Oh, it's almost a wrap. Finally, <laughs> reached the finish line. I hope this is. <laughs> that, that's a wrap. Man, let me tell you, this has been a rough You know, one. it's funny. Uh, this year has been a marathon. I remember, you know, one of my proudest moments in life was running the New York City Marathon. Mm. And the great thing about it is crossing the finish line and they put a medal around your neck. Mm. So I don't know if anybody's going to put a medal around our necks come uh, the end of 2020. But yeah. it's the thought that counts. <laughs> I don't, well, we all deserve our own personal medal. So however you want to uh, dignify that upon yourself as we finish 2020 in the last couple of days here, feel free to do that. I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm going out with a toast. I've got a little, I don't usually drink during the show, Rick, but, but it's, it's, a, it's a New Year's Eve show. So I've got a little, a little vino. I don't know if you, that's what it's, that's what it's come down to. Well, that's what it felt like this morning. And I don't know why, um, you know, it's been obviously rough for all of us. For some reason, as we're nearing the end of this and heading towards the new year, I, I woke up, I was kind of in a very cranky and just, I felt like if I were, if I were a baby, I would just be whining and there'd be nothing anybody could say or do for me to make me stop whining, uh, either change my diaper or whatever the case or feed me. I just had this feeling, I'm still agitated. I'm agitated about 2020 and I guess I'm anxious about 2021. I don't know. Yeah. Well, to be honest with you, you know, the calendar changes and I'm not sure, you know, that much more is going to change other than the the year because we're still basically in the same malaise that we've been in, and that's not going to change anytime soon. No, I mean, again, it's it's a marker. January 1st, you change the, the year. That's always a marker of newness. You're right. You know, but it for most for the most part, every year it's the same scenario. But at least some things have happened, hopefully in a positive direction to eventually uh, turn the corner on this, if you will. But uh, let's, let's try to look up, you know, let's, let's make this the, the glasses half full as opposed to the, the half empty out of, out of this year. That's right. Not, that's really been for all of us. Yeah, it has been, but you know what? Uh, you're listening to middle-aged warriors on the believe podcast network. And we really appreciate the fact that you've checked us out in 2020, which is really one of the highlights of the year for us in retrospect, looking back. And uh, it is time to look up and look forward. So, yeah, this is show number 37. And we started, uh, oddly enough, I think just two weeks before the pandemic broke loose. Uh, I think you're right. February. So, you know, we've been trying to do this weekly show and then we were sort of stymied by that. And then everybody tried to uh, get some some traction again and figure out what to do and uh, we've done the best we can with this we've done some of the shows you and I in studio together which you know I always prefer a little bit better but uh, thank thank goodness for technology because we have zoom and other technologies that allows us to continue to do the shows and continues to have guests on these shows yeah as well. and that's that's been well, fun. you know what and really first and foremost I want to thank all the people that have taken time to be guests with us this year mm -hmm. and we've had some great great people you know uh, from all walks of life it's really been interesting i'm still 
kind of beaming about the, the show we did with uh, Dr. McDonough a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, well, that probably our most topical and timely show with the vaccine with the vaccine coming out and him talking about the various vaccines that were out there, the things we need to look for, the things we need to understand and accept, and the chances and risks involved, but what the hopefully outcome would be, the, the overwhelming positive outcome with time, but it's something, you know, obviously we have to be patient about. But yeah, you're right. I mean, we cover the gamut of guests on this show from, you know, uh, people that were into holistic type of healing, mm-hmm. to people dealing with social issues and relationship issues, to athletes in their middle age, like John Franco, uh, my former co-anchor Jane Hansen reinventing herself. And of course, uh, we have our trifecta friend. <laughs> that would be, would that be Scott or Valerie? No, that would be Scott. Okay, and, and, and Valerie's Valerie, right behind. And your, your other half, Valerie Smaldone, actually, uh, she has the number one show for the year. She gets that award. Oh, the most congratulations. Valerie. That'll make her so happy. There you go. But uh, but we really have had some some interesting guests, Peter Greenberg. So we've, we've covered a lot of uh, aspects of not only dealing with COVID, but dealing with middle age, because that was the original premise of the show. <laughs> and you know what? Uh, we're another year older, so maybe we're not middle-aged anymore. I don't know. Well, you know, you know that story, and, and I said it before. It's like if you if you took our age and doubled it, well, there aren't a lot of 120-year-olds out there. So I don't know. But yeah, but middle age is sort of I, I think more of a a social realization of being able to deal with life. Perhaps um, I wouldn't say that we maybe we should come up with a term, put our heads together one of these days, come up with a term that's sort of like post middle age but not really in that, you know, old age uh, range yet. There's got to be something in there we have to come up with. Well, I think post-middle age will just be PMA. <laughs> oh, great. Just what I wanted. But uh, let, let's look back a little bit on some things. You know, you had, you had put some thoughts together and in reflection on the year. And just the first one that you had written down, I really found very interesting. And I think a lot of folks who are listening in could challenge themselves with this one too. It's what did you learn about yourself this year? How would you answer that? Oh, boy. I learned to be okay with being bored. Hmm. You know, the the fact that we weren't able to move at breakneck speed that we are and have been accustomed to doing for so long, um, I was okay. But I think back to the beginning days of the shutdown in March and how foreign it all was. And then ultimately, I enjoyed uh, having some of the time that we had. Uh, Valerie and I spent a lot of time together, uh, as all couples did. And I remember she's an incredible uh, chef. And she cooked us a storm through March and April. And I remember saying to her, geez, I hope this... uh, this pandemic never ends because I want to stop eating as well as, well as we've been eating. Um, and it's been great. But I think I learned to to be patient and I learned to um, not jump to conclusions um, that, you know, that unfortunately our government jumped to a lot of conclusions that perhaps they shouldn't have jumped to. But people followed that lead. And um, and I feel really badly for businesses that I didn't think mattered as much to me as they do. You know, looking in New York City and just seeing how lonely it seems at times. I think that's that's 
been one of the handprints uh, that I can't seem to shake, and I learned that about myself. Yeah, I, How about I think, you? Yeah, I think it revealed, this whole thing revealed a lot of meaning to things that we didn't realize meant so much to us and, and had such value. I think it really, it opened up, you know, how important a lot of things that we take for granted are really very important to us on a daily basis. For me, I would say that, well, number one, I, I one thing I was kind of surprised myself, I learned that I could still teach myself new things. Uh, right from this podcast, I learned how to start to edit and put together the podcast. I started that a cooking segment with my, my better half, Edme, in Chris and Edme's kitchen. I learned how to record video and audio and edit it and play around with it and have some fun with it. I've learned a little bit more, I hope, on social media, but I feel still like I'm in pre-K. Uh, <laughs> but, but what I also learned, I guess, in a certain sense, not even pandemic related, was the absence of being away from television and, and doing local weather on television, that I really don't miss it the way I thought I might have missed it 18 months later uh, or thereabouts. So I am learning about myself. I'm learning that I'm more than just that TV weather guy. You know, there, there, there's more to do. There's more about me to explore and understand. And I think all of this downtime, like you pointed out, uh, also gave me the good news, I guess, is that in my relationship, I feel better because like you said, Lord knows how many hours we've spent, you know, we have, we spend together now with our other halves and Boy, it would have sucked if it was like, oh, what am I doing with this person? <laughs> I know. Get out of here. And I'm sure that did happen in some cases. And, I, and I'm sorry that that happened. But I think in a lot of cases, and it's part of the emphasis even behind creating the cooking show was that it was something for a couple to do, to connect, to relate. What better than to be in the kitchen, sharing meals together? That's a very connecting thing. And uh, I hope some people got to see it and and tried it themselves and, and realized it's a great way to relate in the kitchen. It's not a, it's I a remember saying back in, it was probably late March. So we're a couple of weeks into this. And I said to Valerie, and may have even said this to you, this pandemic is either going to make or break relationships. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know? absolutely. It's, it, you know, moments like these are where we really find out what the relationship is made of and, and what the value we are to each other. Uh, next question up. What was the biggest what was the biggest surprise this year? Oh, boy. I, I, I don't know that I have the answer. I mean, how much how much I ate, how much wine I drank. <laughs> how much I could actually eat. Yes, that's, that was a bit of a surprise. But it was funny because you, you brought up biggest surprise followed by biggest letdown. And to me, I sort of feel like it, in my head, it's the same thing. And it was the pan, it's the pandemic, because while we knew it was sort of coming, I think I'm still somewhat surprised at how it has impacted an entire world, an entire world economy. And of course, that creates the biggest letdown uh, to me, which is instead of this country pulling together, it fell apart. And yeah. it, became, it became, you know, really and divisive is the word I was looking for. And it's you know, that is a big letdown to me because these are the times that this country and our people without differences and differences of opinion uh, should be pulling together because the virus didn't care about who we were. The virus doesn't care about religion, race, or whatever you believe in, and we should pull together. I think the biggest letdown for me was the violence that occurred during the protests, the Black Lives Matter protests. Mm -hmm. um, I'm all for protesting. I'm all for airing your your voice and 
saying what you feel and getting it out there. But it was the heinous brick throwing through glass windows and robbing of stores that just really kind of let the air out of my balloon about humanity and what this was really all about. So I I would say that was probably my biggest letdown, my biggest disappointment. Yeah, I think, you know, there were a lot of people who had very good intentions behind that and bringing attention to the things uh, that need to be looked at and corrected and changed in this country. But unfortunately, sometimes the dregs, they ride the coattails of that and use that as an excuse for misbehavior. And that's really right. what we saw. And then it got, it got very distorted in the media and everything and politics. And, and that's when things really, really get, really get distorted. Uh, I'm going to steal this one from you, the most overused phrase. Because I thought about it, and I remember this bothered you almost from the get-go. And it was, we're in this together. We're all in this together. <laughs> uh, and, but I think, I think your, your point about it, you know, I've heard other people use it. People have used it on our show as a justification of, you know, well, sort of a reason why we we should be pulling together to to deal with it. But I think your point about that, what was it that irked you? And I think think you're dead on about that. What irked me was uh, the news anchors uh, from some of the New York TV stations saying, let's hang in there. We're all in this together. And the bottom line was they were still working and still getting a paycheck. And there were so many people that were, not and i felt that they kind of skated over you know the the haves and the have nots yeah Yeah, we're all in this together we understand that on the global scheme but the truth of the matter is if you're under contract at one of the tv stations in new york you're still getting a really fat paycheck every couple of weeks uh and i it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way well, it wasn't just the TV people. I mean, there were a lot of people who still had right. their jobs and, and making the same amount of money and, and still living basically their same lives. The only thing, the restrictions are they can't go on vacation or they can't drive around in their fancy car too far, but they still have that in the garage. But how many people, as you pointed out, lost their jobs trying to just put food on the table for their kids, uh, maybe out of, you know, out of their apartment soon because they just cannot pay the rent any longer. Uh, people going into debt, foreclosures, all sorts of things happening to so many people. So to say we're in this together, the only thing that we're in this together is no matter how much money you have, you could still potentially get the virus and you could potentially get very sick and you could potentially lose your life to the virus, the same as the poorest person. But in the scheme of the impact of the virus on us socially and economically, no, we're really not in, in this together, which again, I think revealed the obvious. The, the disassociation that the rich and the comfortable have from the middle class and the lower income people and, and, and just struggling day by day. And I think this pandemic revealed that even more. I don't know if we're doing anything to fix it, quite frankly, but, you know, it exposed it. That's for sure. Are you upbeat about the fact that we have a new president coming in in a couple of weeks? Well, I mean, that changes, you know, hopefully that changes things a bit. Um, I'd like to be more upbeat than I am, but I just don't feel like the, the, the other side, for the most part, that did not win this election is going to let go of the anger, is, is not going to continue to try to throw monkey wrenches into things. Now, by the way, that being said, the Democrats sort of did the same thing to a degree. I mean, as soon as Trump became president, they were going after him to try to, you know, 
uh, keep him on his heels and, and, and all sorts of accusatory things. I, I don't want to get super into either, that either way. But the point is, a new president is supposed to be uniting us, should bring both sides together. I think Biden will at least attempt that. I think he will genuinely attempt to heal some of those wounds. The person who has the wounds, though, won't accept that. And that's what right. scares me. That's why I'm not as optimistic as I might normally be. 70 million people voted for the person who lost, and he's still stirring up those 70 million to believe that they were robbed, that the other side is crooked, that all Democrats and all liberals are evil, terrible people and socialists who want to take this country down, which if you really stopped and thought about it, I have no idea what sense that even makes. We all live here. Why would we want to bring the country down? It doesn't make any sense. It's a stupid thought. It's just, again, a divisive thought to make them the enemy and, and we're the right ones. And that's the problem. I hope I hope Biden and, and the whole crew there can start to heal and say some of the right things that maybe will open the eyes on the other side. That's all I can hope. Yeah. What do you think the biggest irony of the year was? Irony? Uh, I don't know. That's, a, that's, that's an interesting question. I, I have a feeling it falls somewhere. Well, I think I think Trump getting the virus is kind of ironic, right? Uh, and Rudy Giuliani, and you know, but, <laughs> you know, and then and then look the way it went. And it's not that I would wish anything bad on anybody, but it, it's it's ironic that they ended up getting it, and then they could turn around and go, "Well, see," as three hundred fifty thousand plus people have lost their lives. So, you know, it's it's just a very weird weird uh, time. It was a very strange year. In terms of, for you, you know, I have personal, like my mom brings it, oh, this is the worst year ever. She's 86 years old. This is the worst year ever <laughs> in her life. And I, you know, I take that back down to a person. That's a big picture. That's a world or a, a national picture, however. It was one of the worst years in that regard. But, you know, when you have personal years where you lose a lot of things and suffering and, and, and loss of, of whatever family members and friends i think those are a tougher years so i've had i've had worse years obviously as you well know for you how do you feel about this year being so you know in terms of your lifetime so far and your almost six decades like is this so terrible you know what i'm thankful and i've said this before for everything that i do have and i know that you and i have had many discussions many glasses of wine uh, some cappuccinos <laughs> and a lot of pasta over the fact that when I was younger, the glass was always half empty and I never had enough. And something about this year uh, really made me realize how full my glass is and how lucky I am. I deal with a chronic illness, but you know what? There are days it frustrates me. There are days it angers me, but I know that there are always people that are in worse shape and don't have the, the resources available to them that I've had and continue to have in trying to survive either multiple sclerosis or the pandemic of 2020, which, by the way, is the most overused phrase. <laughs> I'm tired of the word pandemic. Well, I mean, you know, it was you were hearing COVID-19 forever, you know, so it's, I, I guess... We're going to hear it a little while longer. Something I looked at, because I was curious, the you know pandemic of 1918, the Spanish flu, um, back then, obviously, there were no vaccines. So when did it end? How did it go away? What happened there exactly? How long did it take? And then I started doing some research. And unfortunately, 
Uh, it took until about 20, uh, I should say 1920. Uh, so from 1918, sometimes to about 1920. So it was, it was like a year and a half to two years for it to sort of dissipate to the point where people went back to living. Now, that was without a vaccine. So right. I can only hope that we can speed up that process a little bit uh, with the vaccine and with the technology that we have. There are still a lot of people out there, you know, who are anti-vaccine. Um, and again, I have to respect everybody. The thing that I'm seeing, and I think we talked about this a little bit with, with Dr. Brian McDonough, that I don't know, how, how do you feel about the concept of down the road in order for you to get into a concert or a baseball game? you've got to show on your phone documentation that you received the vaccine. And if you didn't, you can't get in or you can't purchase a ticket. I think that's realistic and I don't have a problem with it. It's not much different than coming into a country and showing your passport. I guess, uh, you know, but again, that's, that's strict documentation. A vaccine is, is telling somebody they have to inject something into their body that they prefer not to do it is oh, I see of, what you're saying. You're, you're making it not a choice anymore. You're not saying this is right. just documentation to prove that you're, in a, you're a citizen of this country or whatever. But that's kind of what they're making it to. So it's, it's, a, it's a slippery slope. It's it, going to be it, touch and go, yeah. yeah. That's a tricky one. And again, one can only hope that you know, the virus itself continues. to. Be I safe. would like to have asked Dr. McDonough when we had him on, so you get the vaccine. What does that mean? Does that mean you, you won't get COVID? Well... Again, I mean, some of the some of the you know doctors have talked about that a little bit, and the potential. My question to him, which you know he said, "Look, we don't know yet," and I think a lot of this is we don't know yet. What they do know is that it's very effective in preventing you from getting COVID symptomatically. Whether or not you have a vaccine, you come in contact with COVID, that you're now a carrier. You know, that was my question. Yeah, you're not sick from it, but you've been exposed right. to it. Can you give it to somebody who hasn't had the vaccine? And that's that's the question that they really don't, they don't truly have an answer to it. So it's funny because science is one of those things where, you know, when you're trying to, when when you're trying to sell it, they make it seem like, oh, this is very obvious what this is and blah, 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 it'll take care of that. And that's it, boom, 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 we're done, right? But it doesn't always work cleanly and there are always exceptions and there will always be uh, people reacting to this vaccine differently. But look, how many medications do people put in their bodies every day where you know the amount of possible side effects there are to any of those? Right, things? yeah. That list goes on and on. I laughed with Dr. McDonough saying, you know, after seeing the, the litany of side effects, I'm at the point where, you know what, I'll just take the illness. I'll take the yeah. disease. I mean, maybe I'll stand, my, you know, stand a better chance with this. I'll just write it out. How's that? Now, we talked about the show. Was there any particular favorite moments that you can remember this past year in Middle Age Warriors? I loved having uh, Peter Greenberg on and yeah. talking about travel because travel is, is something that is near and dear to both you and me. Mm-hmm. And uh, learning that he has, what did he say, 23 million oh, frequent flyer miles. Yeah. I thought that was so funny. The small countries that can fly on that for a lifetime, yeah. That was cool. I loved having Valerie on and, and hearing her perspective as somebody who's had to kind of shift gears mm-hmm. in middle life, career-wise. She's had to change her life in a lot of different ways, as we all have. So it's been interesting to see her perspective. I think, uh, um, and again, you know, any of these, I don't want to, you know, obviously all of our guests, we appreciate and loved and, and absolutely, you know, I don't want to diss anybody. For me, 
I guess just being a Met fan, it was kind of cool to have John Franco on. That was and, cool. Yeah, and have him. And it, what I found really the most charming thing about John was that him telling stories about from when he was in high school and then in college and the names of these people he remembered that helped him along the way. You know, he didn't have to yeah. drop the big names from the major leagues. He was talking about these these people that nobody would ever know their names. But uh, high school coach, yeah, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool to hear those those kinds of behind the scenes stories of of uh, you know and and what they're really feeling and thinking inside. You know, he said something about, and he used to ha- and he used to drive me crazy. He had that smirk on his face after he give up a home run, and I'd be like, "What the hell is he smiling at?" You know, and I'm pissed off. And and the point was, he was so pissed off at himself and so angry at himself, and he was just laughing at himself for being such a jerk for giving up the home run. But you don't know that, you know, in your head, you're like, "Oh, what the hell is he laughing at?" But to hear yeah. him say, you know, now you're inside his head and you suddenly understand where those things came from. But I also I I loved having uh, Judge Lonstein on. Wayne was a great guest, and to hear him talk about his stories. Do you remember the episode? It was his father had interviewed Jackie Robinson yeah. and had and Wayne had come across the tapes mm-hmm. and procured them and sent them to the Baseball Hall of Fame and to hear Wayne talk he's so intelligent and uh, we don't agree on everything obviously um, but we certainly agree on uh, our love of the game of baseball and his stories were great yeah, he's 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 a, br- a bright guy and knows a lot about a lot of things. So, he does. He knows a lot guy. about a lot. Yep. Uh, my buddy Steve McLaughlin giving us uh, some updates on where climate change is and what we're doing about it, what we should do about it. Have to give a shout out there as well. So we yeah we did we did have plenty of very very cool guests on and hopefully we have uh, many more to come in 2021 and eventually maybe even get to interview them in person. That would be really awesome. But I guess one step at a time here is, is how we're going to go with this. We also lost some people. Uh, oh, my goodness. Huge I think back to January. Uh, I was in, I was out of the country. And uh, so news was a little sketchy, but we were able to be online. And it was the Kobe Bryant story that really started the year off. Yeah, I mean, that was, you know, horrific on so many levels, so young, and then to lose you know, uh, one of his children. It was just, it just, that was a terribly tragic start indeed. That's somebody that was, you know, life was cut way, way short. Uh, Also on the list, one of my favorite New York and television personalities of all time. And I know for you as well, the one and only Regis, Regis Phil. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It was, that's sad to have lost him, but boy, did he leave a legacy behind or what? It's just, uh, Oh yeah. Yeah. I I enjoyed watching a lot of the uh, different, different people over the years uh, who, who got to know Regis put together these little vignettes on YouTube. And uh, it was just great seeing him. Uh, that, that was a personality, that guy. He was just, he was New York written all over him. Speaking of which, Tom Terrific, that was a tough, yeah. that was a tough loss. No we more. lost a lot of Hall of Fame baseball players this year. Yeah, Whitey Ford, right? Um, yeah, Lou Brock, Bob, did Bob Gibson pass? Bob Gibson did as well, yes. He did, yeah. yeah. And also from other aspects, we I mean, Eddie Van Halen, that was another, you know. From the that music. was really sad. But he'd been sick for a while. Yeah. Um, and it always seemed to be pretty upbeat, but uh, he just seemed like uh, he would live forever. Yeah. And then tied together in their own way through parodies of Jeopardy, but Alex Trebek, who also sick for quite some time and 
unbelievable. Yeah. You hear the stories about how tough he was at the end and he'd be just hanging on by a thread backstage and he'd get it all together and bang out another show and bang out another show. I mean, that, that guy was a true pro. And again, another person, you heard nothing but gracious and beautiful words said about him uh, after he left us. So this, this was a man that obviously touched a lot of lives in a good way. And then, of course, Sean Connery. Sean Connery. Absolutely, yeah. Mish Money Benny. <laughs> that was one of the SNL's, one of the funniest segments that kept coming back. And, you know, sometimes SNL tends to kill a segment. You know, they overkill it a little bit. But those Jeopardy right. segments with Sean Connery and, uh, and Alex Trebek were just priceless, as far as I was concerned. Yeah. Um, really sad was the death of Nick Cordero yeah. on Broadway. Yeah. Uh, and that, you know, again, tied, obviously, closer to what we were dealing with this year with the pandemic. So that was, right. yeah, that, that was clearly uh, another tragedy. Uh, Gail, you brought up other athletes, Gail Sayers, forgot to mention him as well. Yeah. And, of course, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, you know, a huge figure in this country and its history. And, um, you know, so, you know, it's funny when you look back, it seems some of these things seem like they weren't this year. They were a few years ago already. But I know. It all happened. It all happened in this year. You had you had you sent me something from BuzzFeed, I guess it was, and they had mm-hmm. listed these things that you know they felt like yeah they happened this year, but they don't seem like they happened this year. But the funny thing about it, and I realize now as a middle aged warrior, it was sort of like these are the things that happened this year, but you probably forgot they happened this year. But about right. half of them, I never even knew they happened. I know. So I'm like, man, I got to get my finger back on the pulse of life again because I don't even know what the hell they're talking about that I was supposed to have forgotten that I never knew. But yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the way it works. But let me ask you this question uh, before we wrap it up. You know, and something that always used to happen around this time of the year. How do you feel about uh, New Year's resolutions? Uh, you know what? Have you done them ever? I, oh, yeah. I mean, and losing weight is always high on the list. Uh, being more active, um, reading more. I want to read more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's all well and good. I think, you know, going back to one of our earlier topics and we were discussing, my biggest disappointment in this year is that I didn't achieve more. Mm. I didn't I didn't read more. I did read more than I've normally read in, in the past few years. I, and I read books without pictures, too. Which I was really happy. Wow. <laughs> you are coming. You are evolving. You're an evolving middle-aged warrior, right there. I'm doing what I can. It's and um, run. Yes. Uh-huh. You know, but uh, I have a garage to clean out and mm. uh, an office to clean out, and a lot of stuff that I need to to take care of. And it will get done. It always does. But as I said to my mother-in-law, who also passed this year, and I really really was saddened by that and miss her on that. a daily basis. I said, Fran, the day you die, your inbox is still going to be full. <laughs> so get over it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you know, the day she time. died, her inbox was still full. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I'm not a big fan of New Year's resolutions because I personally feel like you're only setting yourself up for, for disappointment. failure <laughs> or disappointing yourself again. So just, just work on, you know, being better in some shape or form or whatever particular aspect of your life you value the most, just try to be a better human being overall, I guess. Uh, And being, I think just being aware, part of being better is not so much about following a list that you write out. It's evolving yourself and understanding yourself as to, 
you know, why you do certain things a certain way, and then learning, well, how do I alter that behavior to make it more positive? I mean, for me, probably the biggest disappointment was I, I still don't have a real job uh, after years past. That would be nice. I'm not ready. Despite what people think I've retired, I have not retired. I think sometimes some of the projects and things that I really love doing, which one of them is this podcast. The other one is the cooking segment. I have a blog. I've got some travel uh, show I'm working on. I got a lot of things I'm working on. None of them are so-called paid jobs. And I think I come from that type of background where you work, you get paid. That was my right. dad. My dad worked three jobs to, to, to keep the roof over the head of three kids and, you know, keep us going and, and feeling like we never needed or wanted even though we grew up in an Archie Bunker, lower middle-class kind of neighborhood, Nozone Park, Queens, but I didn't know any better because that was relative to all of us. But work earns some pay, and just the sense of getting something for work made, I've, I've linked it in my head, that's the reward. And I think that is something I have to work on changing because it, it doesn't necessarily have to be that. The reward can come in other ways. And it has. I mean, between you and I on this podcast, not to get schmaltzy as we wrap this up, but, uh, you know, I think our friendship has grown even that much more. And what's the price of that? I mean, I, I couldn't, you can't buy that crap. I mean, yeah. that's a real deal, man. And that really has happened. And, and even with, you know, with Valerie and, and, and Edme, we've all gotten, the four of us have gotten closer as, as friends and as people and understanding each other. And that's a great bond. And that came out of this. Nobody's getting paid yeah. for it, but you yeah. know, that's the I best payback you could get, right? I agree with you. If you had the chance to do 2020 all over again, would you? <laughs> Can I shoot myself in the foot first and answer that question? <laughs> uh, would I do it all over again? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't believe in skipping any moment of life which is yeah. something, you know, you and I have had this conversation. When you're younger, you're like, oh, I can't wait till eighth grade is over and then I'll be in high school. And when am I going to be a senior? And get, you know, you're wishing your life away. You reach a certain point in your life and you go, I better stop wishing my life away. Because uh, it's going. Yeah. And that was the toughest part about this year. And I really didn't, I, I, I couldn't. Yes, I want to get past this pandemic, this virus thing. I want the world to come back to the way it was, pseudo the way it was, or at least some sense of normalcy. I want to be able to see people smile. I want to see chins. I want to see faces. I don't want to see eyes and a mask all everywhere I go. I don't want people being afraid of coming near each other. I don't want six feet of social distancing. I want to hug somebody if I want to hug somebody. Uh, so that being said, would I like it this year to have passed? Yes. But in the meantime, as we pointed out, at the start of the show. We experienced things and learned some things about this year that were valuable. So I'm gonna go with, I don't wanna do it all over again this way, but I, I wouldn't eliminate uh, the year, obviously, for my life. But man, I want it and back, I wanna travel. <laughs> and hopefully you are richer, a richer Chris than you were a year ago for what we have lived through, what we've seen, what we've learned and what we've learned about ourselves. Yeah, I think so. I think in, a, in an odd way, as anxious and as, as you know, fear driving this was, this whole process was for so many of us. And of course, sometimes as I'll take my pot shot again at the media for, for only aiding and abetting that to continue to happen. Um, I've actually pulled back on my anxiety about things because now it's sort of like, Hey, look, yeah. You know, what are we going to do here? This is it. Uh, let's make the best of it. You make the best you of what's around. That's what you do. You're a middle-aged warrior. 
well, I mean, I don't know. Like we've said before, what's the alternative? But I'm not going to stop, you know, sort of fighting it to the point of saying, uh, let's try to push negativity out of the way. Let's open the door for more positive thoughts and, and positive living and positive things. So like you said, new president, hopefully new attitude for this country. And, and maybe we can all start to heal in that regard, too. Thank goodness for Zoom. Thank goodness for Netflix. And thank goodness for middle-aged warriors. Yes. So uh, on that, once again, uh, thanks for stopping by. All of you who have listened over the past year. who have We commented. so appreciate it. We yeah, really do. Very much appreciate it. Tell some friends. Keep downloading because that's the process that keeps the show going and gets it out there to more people. Uh, also, our email address, uh, middleagewarriors at gmail.com and middleagewarriors at uh, yahoo.com if you have any comments thoughts questions etc etc uh, and again uh, with that 2020 don't let the door hit you on the s on the way out too hard <laughs> well you know what yeah let it hit you real hard so that you never come back and but, send you uh, for a send you for a loop yeah be good feel good listen right. happy new year my friend happy new year everybody have a safe wonderful and a much more improved 2021 Sunshine always. We will see you on the other side. Roll that music. Hey, if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes, preferably five stars, no begging. Uh, we're available also on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com, that's B-L-E-A-V.com, and at Believe Podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.